Welcome into the West Life podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. Uh, as I just said on that ad, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues, the best place to watch the game live and loud. And you can do that again this weekend as we take on the Cronulla Sharks. And we're also sponsored by MG Pump Solutions. Um, yeah, Big Shane, he did uh, watch some of the game on the weekend, and uh, you can imagine his reaction. But um, yeah, no, no Shane tonight. At uh, Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, if you want to support us and take part in the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. And on the YouTubes, please give us a subscribe. We want to really push, um, yeah, push that channel, get it up, um, yeah, towards a thousand. Uh, if we can. So, um, yeah, all the episodes are on there. If you're listening on audio, you can watch us. There's plenty of pretty, pretty pictures on the, uh, on the video stream tonight. So, um, yeah, so welcome in to everyone who's joining us. I've seen a few people. I cannot hear you properly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about the weekend, Rob, while I fix that out. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, what would you like me to talk about, mate? Uh, how was how the, the game, obviously, on the weekend? How was the game on the weekend? Well, when your expectations are high and uh, you show up and your team that's played well against Parramatta, Penrith, the Cowboys, Broncos, all in the finals, Hump, all going to be in the finals, and you get your hopes up and you think you're going to kick a Newcastle team that's lost four in a row without their best two players, Plummer and Clemmer, a nice home crowd, something to build on, something to look forward to, and then they produce the shit that we saw yesterday. How do you think I feel? How do you think I feel? Mate, if it had been 20 nil at halftime, I would have left and gone home. It was an absolute fucking shit show. And I'm not going to single players out. Just as a team, we just did not show up. No markers, no defensive line speed, no attack, no nothing. Even the crowd was just tame. The crowd was timid. I don't know what was going on. I didn't know what I was doing there. I could have watched it in the library and had more noise there. It was just awful, mate. It was absolutely awful. I just, I just couldn't wait to get home. And you know, I was sitting with my cousins and a few friends, and I wasn't very sociable, to be honest, mate. You just knew after ten minutes we weren't, mm-hmm. we weren't even interested. It was terrible. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, very disappointing. It was, it, you could tell very early on on the TV. Maybe I did pick a good week to get COVID, but um, you could definitely tell on the TV just the energy, just letting the. Newcastle Knights roll through. It, um, yeah, it sucked. I'm assuming my audio's back okay now. Yeah, I can, I can hear you now, but there's like a little bit of static in your background there, so I don't know what's causing that. But okay. no, I can, def- I can definitely hear some static. But yeah, I can hear you pretty clearly though. Uh, as you drove all the way to Orange and all the way back again for that game, that must have been a uh, pretty silent drive home. Yeah, the drive home earlier today was pretty quiet. I, like Rob, I went to the game full of confidence, thinking that, yep, the team's finally on the up. They're going to finish the season strong. Uh, the team had just come back from two really solid weeks up in Queensland, um, and that I thought we were going to have a, a really good performance at home. But um, I I think it's pretty safe to say the team that played those two games up in Queensland decided to stay up there. It was... Yeah disappointing to say the least i yeah i got back home today feeling pretty flat and i had a lot of news to catch up on as well so it's been a 
Mm. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, I thought we, I'd uh, give a theme to the uh, show tonight because I didn't really want to harp on about the game too much. And I think people uh, probably, yeah, aren't really, don't really want to listen to too much about that game. We will review it a little bit. But I thought, um, yeah, the suburban ground thing. So, firstly, obviously, Leichhardt Oval uh, had a few, uh, yeah, obviously, a fence break and. A few people got injured. Luckily, not seriously, from what I um, from what I've read. But um, yeah, it literally the week that the New South Wales government said they weren't going to fund suburban grounds, and then that happens at Leichhardt, and then um, and then we played Campbelltown yesterday, and the team just yeah, but they seem to have played with more heart, as you said, as in Queensland than at Campbelltown, which is just. It's just odd. So I, I thought uh, tonight would be as good as time as ever. And I, I, I saw a lot of discussion. We had a lot of back and forth on Twitter um, and Facebook. I saw a lot of people. And I really don't want to get into a, make it a Balmain versus West thing. Uh, I, I know somehow some people will. But obviously, one ground is Balmain, one ground is West. So it's, it's, it's probably going to happen. But um, yeah, but we're... we're I put together a few stats and that sort of thing. People were throwing out certain reasons why one or the other. So I thought, um, yeah, kind of, I uh, did a bit of research and got some evidence. But we'll get to that in a second. First up, lower grades. So uh, our New South Wales Cup. Oh, my slide. Come on. Nothing. My computer's just decided to. Uh, there we go. It's as slow as our line speed. Uh, New South Wales Cup. Got smacked 56 to 6 against the Panthers. Uh, but our Jersey Flag Boys, they got a 24 12 win. And of course, our girls are premiers. And I've got the tables for you this week, soon as the season's coming towards the end. So, New South Wales Cup, the Maggies are down in 11th there. Uh, four, four wins, one draw, and uh, 14 losses. So, their season. Uh, what are they? How many points out of the eight are they? Nine, nine points out of the eight, and terrible for and against. So their season's to go. Uh, yeah, so they're mathematically gone. But our flag boys, they're um, the pride of the club at the moment. So they're in third after that win, four points uh, off second. But uh, there's a bit of a logjam there. They're only what two points ahead of seventh. So, but by looks of it. Um, is it a top eight for the flag? Actually, didn't think to check that, but um, I think but so. they're looking they're looking pretty good. The flag boys, so uh, fingers crossed, we can have a bit of success. They were looking good last year too, before COVID shut down the season. Again, don't miss round twenty two, where the West Tigers and the Cronulla Sharks go head to head at Scully Park in Tamworth this Saturday, 13th of August at 5.30pm. And you can experience the action live and loud from the home of West Tigers, West Ashfield. West Ashfield offers great dining options. Choose from the Garden Bistro or walk-on for some mouth-watering Asian cuisine. For more information, visit West Ashfield's website, westashfield.com.au or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at West Ashfield. For those who've never been, West Ashfield is the home of West Tigers and you can find them at 
115 Liverpool Road, Ashfield. Okay, on to the uh, home ground debate. And, of course, uh, the contract for Comac Stadium is up at the end of this year. So um, we're trying to work out – well, the club's trying to work out uh, how many grounds who, – who to allocate the home games to. So uh, before I get into the numbers side of things and stats between the two grounds um, – Rob, you went up trying to put a, the team performance aside um, from the weekend. How how do you find find Campbelltown Stadium? Um, like in terms of your whole day experience, how how did you find it? I, I love it. I've got no problem with it. I don't mind the drive down to Campbelltown. I don't mind. I, I generally park you know a, a reasonable distance away from the ground and have a bit of a walk there. If I get there early, I'll go to the club. If I get there late, I'll go to the club after the game. Uh, I've got no problems with it. It's a it's a good venue. There's there's no issue there. But and and I thought the crowd was pretty reasonable. Like nine thousand six hundred odd people was a reasonable crowd. But mm. you know, I know you don't want to harp on the game. But when you produce, like really, there's only one word to describe yesterday. It was unacceptable. Okay, that that's how I look at it. It was just an unacceptable. It's not an NRL performance. Okay, and if you produce those sort of performances. How are the crowds going to build up there? Why would you want to go back to Campbelltown again? It's nothing to do with Campbelltown. If the players have a problem with playing at Campbelltown and can get up for games in Queensland or get up in games at Leichhardt and they can't at Campbelltown, that's the players' fault. It's not Campbelltown's fault. It's a mm. it's a coach's fault. It's a player's fault. I, I don't think there's an issue with it. Um, when we talk about where should our future home games be, Josh, I've always said I want more games at Campbelltown than Leichhardt in terms of a redeveloped stadium just so mm. we can build a, build a fortress. But until that stadium's done, I mean, if they've got to split it evenly, I don't care. But the reality is, even if Leichhardt is more parochial or whatever you want to call it, our future isn't in the inner west. I mean, totally. Obviously, we've, we've got some juniors there. The, the big area is the MacArthur area. So we've just got to be better at it. And that 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 really hurt yesterday. So I promise you, Josh, it's not the losing. It's the – we always talk about playing for 80 minutes and having a go – there yeah. was just there was just sweet FA intensity for about sixty five minutes. It was just garbage, absolute garbage. Thankfully, Kamali said so rather politely post game. But it's you know you you want to try and build a little bit of momentum and and you know for me I just wanted to fall head over heels in love with the team and the club and where we're going, and it was just like a bad fifth date. You know, and, I, and I'm dumping you. Like, you know, I just, the, 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 you know, the whole the whole day sucked. I, I just drove home depressed. Then obviously the news we've, we've heard today about the, you know, the two points. And then, yeah, it's just, it's just been a rubbish 28, 29 hours. It's just, it's just really depressing, man. Uh, as obviously, uh, I think I've asked you this before, the grounds are pretty, coming from Orange. I mean, it's a long drive either way. So Campbelltown to Leichhardt. Um, is still um, still a trek, but the the neutral you have no affiliation to either merge club. But um, how how would you describe the um, the game day experiences for both? I'll give both grounds. I, I skipped Leichhardt for you, Rob, because I think obviously uh, being, us being Balmain background, uh, we might have a little bit of bias. But as as a neutral, uh, how do you find our two suburban grounds? 
I've tend to find the atmosphere uh, in particular at Leichhardt, <clears throat> sorry, um, to be considerably better. Uh, the crowd's a lot more into the game. Um, I could make the comparison of the Bulldogs or Eels games to that one yesterday. Um, the crowd was fairly quiet yesterday, fairly subdued. It didn't feel too much like a home game because we heard the Knights fans a lot more than heard the Tigers fans. Um, the game day experience at both could probably be a little bit better, I guess, from a like an actual. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. <coughs> I don't know exactly how I want to word it, but. Um, if we could get some bigger crowds, that would probably be a contributing factor. Um, I, I tend to find, I feel like maybe Campbelltown gets a little bit shafted in who we play there. Uh, mm. Since we get a lot of the out-of-state teams come there. Um, mm. I have a slide like, coming up for that. So we'll answer all yeah. these. Uh, all these, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people throwing around this sort of stuff. So I, I thought uh, I'll do the research, the Googling for everyone today and um yeah so first up uh, a lot of people say we don't win at Campbelltown or well, we don't really win at Leichhardt either so our record I went since 2013 so 10 seasons um yeah I thought that's a, a reasonable because if you go all the way back to like 2000 and you start like yeah it's, it's a long, long time ago we're talking about recent era so 12 and 20 12 wins out of uh, 32 at Campbelltown and then 16 and 19. So we're not even at 50% for Leichhardt uh, either. Does that feel about right for you, Rob, especially for Leichhardt? It, it felt for a period that we would never win big games at Leichhardt. So I'm actually mm. surprised by that stat that we're, that we're almost 50%. And look, to be fair to Campbelltown, we should have beaten the Warriors, you know, the... Uh, the what do you call them? The Titans, and we should have beaten the Knights yesterday. That record yep. should be, you know, fifteen and seventeen, not not twelve and twenty. So I don't, I, I don't put it down to the grounds. I, look, Leichhardt for me is just more about my childhood, my history, and going to the games with mum and dad yep. and having my season tickets. But I promise you, there's not much difference in terms of how much I enjoy Leichhardt and Campbelltown. I, I don't. Campbelltown. I've, I've been to Campbelltown where we've had some great games and the mm. crowd's been really revved up. But yesterday. As Aaron said, they were so sedate. It was just really disappointing. It, they could have watched the game from a library, some of them. Like, and, you know, maybe some people just don't like yelling and screaming. That's fine. But it's just real. It's a lot rowdier at Leichhardt. I just feel like you hear, hear more people there. But, you know, we, we, should have, we need to be winning these games so that 9,600-odd people turns into 12,000 next time or 13,000. We've got to, you know, anyone that decided to go yesterday for the first time in ages won't be going again for a long time. I mean, obviously, it's our last game for the year, but we've, we've got to give our supporter base something to look forward to, and that was just unacceptable. A couple of comments. Uh, if anyone wants to come on and debate this with us, like, whatever your opinion, uh, send us a DM, and I'll give you the link to join the show. So, um, but yeah, keep the, co the comments coming. Mitch, on Facebook, the team is winning. The crowds will grow no matter what which stadium we play out of. I totally agree. The um, winning will bring back the crowds. That's the, literally the number one thing. Uh, personally, I think our future is Campbelltown, but I think we should have three games on a Leichhardt. Uh, I've, we've been pretty much on that boat 
as yeah. well. Like where Rob and I'm Rob more so. I was eleven when we merged, so like most of my life has been West Tigers. But both having Balmain heritage, um, yeah, we're lot. We love Leichhardt, um, as you said, on a on a family level. But we we think so too. We think the South. You got to just adopt the Southwest and take advantage of a uh, a booming. Um, but all, all these numbers and stuff, I'm just trying to put those the arguments beyond that to rest here. This, this obviously, as Rob said, like the, there's nothing to do with the grounds of why these have happened. It's just a pop like these things just pop up. I'm kind of myth busting, I guess, uh, here. And Dom, regular Dom, he's on the other, obviously, he's a big, um, like our guy. Are you on West Magpie's payroll? Firstly, yes, it's literally written on the show, mate. We're sponsored by West, but it's nothing. It's not, nothing. That doesn't affect what I say, Dom. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's not like. Proven. Yeah, we're not like we're not Alan Jonesing it here. Like it's, and West we're sponsored by West Ashfield. They're not. It was just different to West Campbelltown. It's not even. They're completely different um, clubs. So we're on West Ashfield's payroll technically, but uh, not West Magpies. Um, Look, yeah, Leichhardt, Leichhardt gives me that more, like, heartfelt. Like, literally, I had my wedding photos there. Like, it's my happy place, my favorite place in the world because, like Rob said, it's the, the family link to it. But, um, yeah, and I I have to wonder with Leichhardt too, a lot of people, I often wonder that specialness that Leichhardt has to it. If we played more games there, would people prioritize it more? Some part of me thinks that having three games at Leichhardt, people circle that in the calendar and make sure to go to it. But if we went back, if we played six games there, I feel like that'd dilute it itself. Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah. Look, I mean, without going into too much history, there was a time when obviously Balmain were a very strong team in the eighties, and sure we had crowds at some days of 17, 18,000, but most of the time the, the average crowd was 10,000, like nine to 10,000. That was with the Tigers being in the, in the finals pretty regularly in the late 80s. So I look, I, I love Leichhardt, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, I, I think the Campbelltown experience is fine. I'm not paid by anyone yeah. to pay anything. If I, if I don't like Campbelltown, if I don't like what Justin and Lee are doing, if I don't like anything, I'm the last person that's going to sugarcoat it, guys. So I'm just saying, I, I, I don't mind the experience. I've been to Campbelltown when you know, the game after Robbie Farrow was told he wasn't wanted at the club and we thrashed the Warriors. And I've never seen a more parochial crowd. I was there when we played the Cowboys. I think Benji was there that day and Jimmy Tamo was playing for the Cowboys and we destroyed him on a Sunday afternoon and the crowd was going nuts. We had Lottie Takiri there. I'm, I'm going back, you know, well over 10 years ago. But the point is there, there's been some good games there and, and I've, I've got some great memories from Campbelltown. Sure, is Leichhardt great? Yeah, I love Leichhardt. But for me, with Leichhardt, I've got to park on the other side of City Westlink because if I mm. park close to the ground, I'd get home quicker from Campbelltown to Strathfield than from Leichhardt to Strathfield because yeah. it'll take me an hour to get out of the car park. So I've got to pre-plan where I park at Leichhardt anyway. Not that I give a rats. Like I'll park on the other side of City Westlink or like when I went with you, Josh, we parked at basically Callenbach and walked for 15 minutes to the ground. Like you, you do what you got to do, but um, it's, it's just more sentimental Leichhardt to me. That's all. But, I don't, I, I don't mind both experiences. But, you know, I, I won't go to the bathroom at Leichhardt, I'll tell you now. Hmm. I will not go to the bathroom at Leichhardt under any circumstances. So it's not exactly the greatest ground to watch a game from. 
uh, Courtney on Facebook, or uh, more famously known as Lockie's mum. Uh, she says fans decreasingly live in the local area, uh, de- decreasingly live in the local area of their team, so I don't get the travel argument. Uh, you have to travel to get to all grounds. Yeah, I, I get, um, and like Rob said, I mean, Campbelltown is very easy to get to. Uh, I, I mean, I live near the M4. I have, what would it, I think I have two traffic lights between me and Campbelltown Sports, even though it's a 40, 40 minute drive or something. So, yeah, being just off the highway, it's it's very easy, easy to get to. But, um, hearing from a few people today made a good argument. If you live on the northern side of Sydney, um, it makes it longer. I mean, it's all it's all down to how you prioritise. Do you prioritise, obviously, um, Courtney, Lockie, uh, other people, pretty much anyone, I reckon almost everyone in this chat, the three of us, uh, we, we will go to any ground on, like, Rain, hail, and chime. We're we're always there. It's, I think that it's pretty proven that there's a seven, eight thousand of us that are in that boat. We'll go anywhere. None of this argument matters. We're we're the um, what's it called in the election? The what's the opposite of a swing voter in the election? Like we're what? Well, we a blue chip seat or something? <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do. Like we're we're locked in. We're we're gonna go whether it's. All at Campbelltown, all at Leichhardt, all at ANZ, all at like we go no matter what. We're season ticket holders. We're going to go. It's those swinging voters um, that I guess, yeah, that sway the other way. And people, for whatever reason, um, yeah, you've got to reduce the amount of excuses. But as I said earlier, I think the biggest excuse, and as Rob said, is the team's just not worth watching at the moment. And I get. And the rebuttal to that is support your team. And again, there's about seven or 8,000 of us that we're just year after year after year, just keep turning up, keep turning, keep turning up. But there's the others that just, they just, they don't, they don't want to turn up knowing that it's unlikely that um, the team's going to put in a good performance. So I, I get it. I get it. Like everyone's got their, there's a thousand different stories out there to why someone doesn't, doesn't go to the footy. So, uh, Carla had a good comment to I would attend. Yeah, it kind of fits what I'm saying here. Carla said I would attend Leichhardt if it was six, twelve, three, whatever. Yeah. Again, I think there's several thousand of us that um that would. There's just that that next tier. Like my 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 dad, for example, he might go to a couple games a year, but at the moment he like he won't come down from the Central Coast. To watch him because he's like, he's like I don't want that stress like I just I can't like it's not worth the stress of watching the team at the moment so um, there's plenty of excuses so the slide on the screen at the moment is uh, the averages so when I calculated these averages I took out you can see there's a couple of zeros so the the numbers on the screen it looks like lotto numbers that's uh, how many thousands of people in the previous games were there. I don't know if you can see the screen or yeah, not, Rob. Well. Yeah, so um, I won't. I won't read them out. Um, but the average. So when I calculated the average, I took out the um, the COVID restriction games. So if there was a crowd restriction, I didn't count it. So Leichhardt twelve thousand one hundred forty-one, Campbelltown ten and a half. So ten five three seven. So it's, look, it's only what sixteen hundred 
difference there. Not huge. It's it's close enough that there's other variables at play, really. Does does that surprise you, As that it's closer between the two? It, yeah, it kind of does because um, we've had some games at Leichhardt where there's been a vastly bigger crowd. Um, the 2016 and 2019 final round games spring to mind when we were playing for a potential finals berth in both of those. Um, so, yeah, it kind of does surprise me that it's actually so close, I guess. And I've also been to a few games at Campbelltown where there's been um, six, 7,000. I think it w- there was one year, it was against the Titans, uh, 2018 or 17, I think it was. We had, there was barely anyone there. It, the stadium just felt empty. Um, it didn't feel like there was a crowd at all. And that was like obviously before COVID restrictions. I just wanted to bring up something that I noticed about the previous slide as well, Josh. Um, yeah. I, basically, did did you include all of the extra games we played at Campbelltown in the COVID lockdown back in 2020? No, um, you didn't. In counting the numbers of games. Oh. In, in which calculation, sorry? In the uh, wins games at yeah no, the wins yeah, win, yeah. wins and losses yeah, uh, yeah. yes yeah they were the the wins and losses I think it was calculating it yeah well that that's interesting because there were there was less games at Campbelltown than there were at Leichhardt considering during 2020 we played oh, maybe I pull maybe I pull them out at I, can't, I can't remember <laughs> now. I'm trying to think no I don't think I think I don't think I pulled them out. I think I counted them. Uh, okay, yeah, because I was I was curious because um, I think I counted thirty two Campbelltown, thirty five Leichhardt. So yeah, I thought that was yeah. interesting. The, was, the there, COVID... was there a time where we played more at Leichhardt than we did at Campbelltown, or has it always been sort of the three three or a four four at during, the two grounds? Um, during lockdown, I think we played extra at Leichhardt, and I think we squeezed. Before 2020's lockdown, we had a game at Leichhardt that was crowdless before they redid, rejigged the whole yeah, we did. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously cutting, moving to Queensland last year, it might have taken um, like game, what if games were left? So we might have had uneven amount of Campbelltown and Leichhardt left. Um, fucking COVID, man. There's someone who's got it right now. It's, Apart from ruining my lungs at the moment, it's just it ruins. Uh, it's ruined footy for the last couple of years. But um, with those numbers too, Leichhardt, you'll notice um, if you go back towards the start, there's a few fives, as in five thousands for Leichhardt. If anyone remembers, there was a run for a few years there where it absolutely would piss down every time we play at Leichhardt. So Leichhardt's numbers would. Um, go down a little bit more. Like, it was a running joke that every time we play at Leichhardt, it would pour down. Um, so, there's a few really low ones in there. And it's those games that I think scared the club off because as soon as the cl- the crowds are low at Leichhardt, they make – and they've paid for all the um, amenities and stuff to use it, that they make a loss on it. So, that's why they pulled back on Leichhardt games because as soon as it rains – no one goes and, um, yeah, it doesn't. But likewise, Campbelltown, um, as I'll get into later, 
they also get affected by being pretty like cold weather and um, scheduling as well. So they get, um, but we'll get to that in a second. Anything else on crowd numbers, guys? Before I move on, I was, I was just going to say, um, in pre like previously, probably a month ago or so, uh, Josh, you showed figures of. Uh, when we were travelling well in 2010 and 2011 and how big our crowds were at Campbelltown. And I'm sure it was the same at Leichhardt. And if you go back to 2005, yeah. our crowds were big everywhere. So as someone yeah. wrote in there in the comments, when they're winning, the fans will go everywhere. Um, in the case of like, you know, Courtney and Lockie, like she takes Lockie to every game everywhere, New Zealand, North Queensland, like they're, they're amazing fans, especially for a St George supporter mum. So, uh, you know, they're going to go everywhere regardless whether we're travelling good or travelling bad. But yeah. I, I just I just think it's about the growth area. That's all it is. It's got nothing to do with yeah. what's better to watch. Um, there's nothing wrong with the scheduling yesterday, guys. We had a sunny day. It was a mm. 4 o'clock game. I mean, it wasn't too cold for a winter day. It was it was pretty good, actually. So You couldn't ask for more, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't ask for more. So I, I guess with those numbers, you've got to see... <laughs> Apart from a win. You know, like we, we had one game this year that was Friday night at 6pm, which was a joke. Like, yeah. how are people going to finish work at 5 o'clock and, and get to a game at 6 o'clock at Campbelltown? So that was the there, there are mitigating circumstances all the time. But I, I just think it, it doesn't – If let's say hypothetically those figures said we get 15,000 at Leichhardt and 5 at Campbelltown. It doesn't matter. We're going to have to redevelop a ground out there, maybe have a ground that makes the fans a bit closer to the action because I feel like at Campbelltown it's a, it feels a little bit distant sometimes from the grandstand mm. as opposed to Leichhardt. I just think we've got to be more on top of the field in terms of how it's set up and, mm. and yeah, just make it a fortress. But, you know, we, can, we can't, like like someone said, we can't let the Souths and, and all these other teams, they've already infil, infiltrated the MacArthur area. So yeah. we've just got to decide what our long-term future is. Yeah, if you're talking short-term, you'll get more people at Leichhardt next weekend than you would at Campbelltown. That's probably a fact. But, you know, you've you, you got to look at the long-term, guys. We, we, we want to be here for the long-term. Uh, another good comment. Uh, fans have work commitments, family commitments, financial restrictions. No one is like in every game. I certainly couldn't go to Josh. We're getting every second word again, mate. My in- my internet yeah, just dropped him. out. Fun and games tonight. <laughs> we are going as can you well hear me? as everything that's happened the last day and a half, seriously. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I heard that. Can you hear me? Yeah, my yeah, my, my, yeah, my internet connection for some reasons. Oh, we've lost you again, mate. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. It's just come it's yep. just intermittent, mate. It's coming in and out. Not sure Not what's fun. going on. Yeah, the uh my Internet is uh, coming in all good now. Yeah, yeah, all good. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, but yeah, Carla, no one said no one is less of a fan uh, because they can't attend a game. I couldn't afford to go to 25 a year. And that's, we're not saying that. Like, we have probably um, like, I reckon 150 to 200,000 fans out there. So, um, but yeah, you you wouldn't expect. Like I said, I, I reckon there's probably. I'd like to know the membership. This is what annoys me with membership mum, numbers too. I'd like to know what team has the most season ticket holders, like or just like 
ticketed members. So it'll be rather than just the clubs being able to fudge the numbers with pet memberships and all sorts of bullshit stuff. Promotions like the Eels making us get a membership to go to the Easter game and stuff like that. It'd be cool to know what team um, has the most season ticket holders. But yeah, like some people don't attend games. And the thing about rugby league too, I always argue this to go on a little bit of a tangent. My argument always to AFL fans is firstly, Sydney's very, very hard to get around compared to Melbourne. Sydney's a nightmare. We spend all week in traffic. A lot of us don't want to spend our weekend in traffic uh, either. Melbourne, if you ever go to a sporting event in Melbourne, they just do it so much better than we do. But in terms of the TV game, rugby league is just the perfect TV game. And like it sounds biased, but the entire game is right in front of you. Like there's not really, you can add, it actually makes the viewing experience worse by going to a rugby league game. You, you go there for the, the atmosphere and that's it. Whereas um, something like AFL, where the game is literally spread out across a whole cricket field, like you go to the and you're like, oh, I can you can see stuff that happens off camera. It's like seeing like behind the scenes of a of a movie, like off the screen. Whereas rugby league, it's like the whole game is right in front of you. You see a little bit, like here and there, maybe of the fullbacks yelling or something, but not not like AFL. But um, yeah, AFL built like a great culture culture around it. But TV rating wise, AFL and NRL are about the same. So. Um. Yeah, rugby league is just a great TV product. So, got to do a bit extra to convince people to spend money, time, like to go to a game. So, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone that doesn't go to a game. Whereas me, I, I'm yelling and screaming and swearing at the game. Like, I don't want my wife to say they can't tell me. T- just sitting there telling me they can't hear you. I prefer to be at the game where they can can actually hear me. Um. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. Uh, right. So to go back about eight minutes ago when, Rob, you mentioned uh, days of the week um, before. So I've ra- rounded up the numbers of what day of the week those games were on. Um, now, the only issue here is obviously Friday 6 p.m. and Friday 7.45 are two different beasts, but the page that I got the stats from didn't have the time of the game, so I couldn't split them here. So from memory, I think Friday 6 p.m., the one this year at Campbelltown might be the only one, and we had one at Leichhardt, one at Campbelltown. I can't remember there ever being another 6 p.m. Friday apart from this year, the two grounds getting one each this year. Yeah, we played I Canterbury think. at Leichhardt this year. Yeah. And- uh, the other one was it was I think it was the Titans, wasn't it? Was it Titans at six o'clock or was it the Warriors? It was one of them. Warriors, yeah, we played Warriors at Campbelltown. Six, I missed that. Uh, I was away for a wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leichhardt obviously had people were comparing the two of those time slots, saying Leichhardt got more. Firstly, it was against Canterbury, and secondly, driving, getting out to Campbelltown by six o'clock. If you knock off at five, like, and you work somewhere close to the city, which the majority Sydney, uh, I wouldn't say the majority, a lot of Sydney does, then it makes it a lot harder, right? Where, whereas more people living around Leichhardt Oval um, find it a lot easier. 
But it was actually a pretty good crowd for Leica. I couldn't believe when we played the Bulldogs how good that crowd. Because I think it was raining too that night, Rob, wasn't it? A yeah, bit? It, start, it started raining and then it stopped yeah. when the game started. Yeah. Um, glad we got a win. The hill was once. mud. But um, either way, if you look at the Sunday numbers, Leichhardt's had 16 and Campbelltown's only had 10. Uh, Campbelltown's had more Saturday nights uh, than, yeah. So that's a little bit of an ex- excuse there for Campbelltown, would you say, as Leichhardt seems to get favoured a little bit. Uh, and obviously, as I've said on the show before, Channel 9 decides this. It's not the West Tigers, so uh, we can't help it. But yeah, as, um, yeah, do you feel like Campbelltown gets regular? I mean, it, we can't all have Sunday afternoons, but uh, Leichhardt's had a lot more. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Channel 9, they, in particular, they give us a lot of our games against, uh, like, our bigger rivals on the Sunday afternoon games because it's a, it's a really good family-friendly time slot, and I think that's why they like our suburban grounds plus um, Lotto Land, Penrith, and a few of those other ones being those, that Sunday afternoon time slot. But, yeah, for sure, I feel like the... Because they're... On all of the days except for Thursday and Monday, there were multiple different time slots for games. So, obviously, the hard ones for fans to get out to were the Thursday, um, the Thursday <laughs> kickoffs, the Friday six o'clock kickoffs, and maybe to an extent the Saturday three o'clock kickoffs. Um, if if parents are working during the day or hmm. um, kids sport like that. as well, yeah, kids sport maybe a, a factor there, especially if they're playing like inner Sydney uh, to then get out to Campbelltown for a three o'clock kickoff would probably be a little bit too tricky. Uh, but yeah, I feel like if there is an excuse for Campbelltown, it probably is the scheduling. Um, if they're getting more of the Friday, well, not more of the Friday, more of the Saturday, um, less of the Sunday games, then yeah, it, it makes, it makes sense that the crowds there are probably going to be a little bit lower I think um, we've also had a few more six o'clock Friday ones. Um, the one I mentioned before, the Titans game, I can't remember, but I feel like that one might have been a six o'clock on a Friday kickoff as well. But yeah, definitely, we don't get them too often, which is good. Most of our six o'clock games, uh, six o'clock Friday games, we end up traveling for. Like we've had the Knights up at Newcastle on at that time slot a few times. I think we we get the Warriors away um, at that time slot every now and then. But, yeah, that's I've gone on a little bit of a tangent there. But anyway. <laughs> uh, that's what the show does. Dom, Dom's yet again um, s- saying in regards to Campbelltown, my God, my computer is slow tonight. Uh, but wouldn't all the rugby league crazy fans from Campbelltown and surrounding areas have less travel to Campbelltown? After all, that's future, right? So he's... Uh, a little bit passive aggressive comment there. He's basically saying that the game, the 6 p.m. Friday night game at Campbelltown, should have been convenient for people that live in Campbelltown. Well, a lot of people that live in Campbelltown, firstly, work in the city, or like very few people live in Campbelltown area. And like that's why the traffic's so bad on the M5 because there's a million people trying to get. East in the morning, and then a million people trying to get home west. Um, 
in the afternoon. So firstly, there's that. People basically are not working in the area. But we're not saying that it makes sense now. It's the future. Like you said, you said it in your comment, it's the future. Like the population is getting bigger out there. The airport's going to open up out there. Hopefully, the economy will move out there so more people will be working out there. And it, it is, it's it's a, a slog as well. The, the, the club's got to get into schools and just build new fans. I mean, someone made a good point today with the Campbelltown thing. I'll give them this, is that a lot of people that move out to Campbelltown or um, the MacArthur area usually come from elsewhere in Sydney and already have a team picked. Like, for example, my cousin moved out. I know... Um, a South fan out there, a Roosters fan, so they've moved from inner Sydney out there. So they've already got teams, but um, the kids in schools, I mean, they've got to get into the schools, give every, give every kid a West Tigers footy and try and uh, convince them to turn turn away. I mean, there's plenty, there'd be plenty of um, people moving out there too who maybe have never thought about rugby league as well. So They've got to build the fans out there. We're not saying that the fans are out there now, Dom. Like we're saying, build it. It's in the Bible. Is it Noah's Ark? Build it, and they'll come. From uh, I've got my my Bible stories right. So it's it's about building it out there, and uh, uh, like it's, we're not saying it's there now. If that if that makes sense. Um, anything on that scheduling, Rob? That surprises you? No, not so much on the schedule scheduling, but just in general, Josh, <clears throat> you can't expect the MacArthur area to, to embrace a team that has three games a year there. Yeah. Okay. And that's and, and it's the last few years has had three or four games or whatever. So this argument about who shows up where and why aren't they embracing it, mate, it's not their team. They don't feel like it's their team. And and as an ex Balmain supporter, the only thing I've got going in terms of Balmain with the West Tigers are the orange. And I share the black. Of course, the club's broke. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. It's got one or two board members there that have got a token position. Balmain basically doesn't exist. I love the team because of the colours. I love the team because of what it means to me, what it represents in my history. So, And in terms of crowds going to games, guys, the NRL don't give a shit. The NRL is all about TV rights. So, for, for example, yesterday I said to my cousin, I, I wasn't aware when the um, New South Wales Cup had played. I said, is there a New South Wales Cup? game or before they said no they played yesterday so i didn't bother going early like i would have got there at two o'clock to watch you know what would be normally our reserve grade before a first grade game and i know that's been done now because of covid and all this sort of stuff but generally like if we can go back to a stage where you can have two or three games in one day and and make it worthwhile going out to a game then i'd probably go out to the game because there's nothing worse like you know, talking about, you know, Tom Freeband or whatever. And, you know, hey, Rob, have you heard of Tom Freeband? I've never heard of the bloke. Like, I've never gone to a New South Wales Cup game. But if I go to a West Tigers first grade game, I should be able to see the New South Wales Cup game, the game before every second week. You know what I mean? So you don't even get to learn about who's in your lower grades and stuff like that. The whole whole system's just been flawed. You know, it's not designed for us to go to games and, you know, and get value for, you know, getting there at 12 o'clock and leaving there at 5 o'clock and say, wow, I watched three games today, you know, whatever they may be. So I, 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 I just think until we get the majority of games at Campbelltown, 
that whole region will not embrace it as their team. Yeah. Because, you know, you even hear some commentators stupidly call our team Balmain still. And how stupid is yeah. that? They accidentally say Balmain before they recover and say West Tigers. You know, the, so... The NRL it, boss did, did it in his press conference the other day. Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah. just, you know, how do you expect the people of Campbelltown? Like, how are you going to yeah. get excited about three games a year? And, look, we're lucky that we've had the Campbelltown games already this year and, and even the Leichhardt games. Sometimes we get our home games in the back half of the year. So you haven't even had a chance to get invested in the season. By the time you get your home games, your, the season is done. I know that was a case at Leichhardt in one particular year where we didn't get a game till later in the year. And I thought, well, gee, you know, we're basically out of the running for the finals already before we even got to see a Leichhardt home game. So, yeah, look, I just think it's all about TV rights, mate. And and it's going to have to be a redeveloped stadium. We can't make Campbelltown our home ground as it is now. It's, mm. it's got to be redesigned or, or have a new stadium there or Liverpool or wherever. It just can't be the way it is. Yeah. Uh, a few guys... Dom, I didn't mean to say... I didn't say... It said passive-aggressive. I was only I was only half-joking, mate. Like, you, everyone's entitled, entitled to their opinion. So, in the comments, guys, go like go easy on each other. I've seen a bit of... Um, we wanted good discussions. Let's not... Um, Let's not become Parramatta fans and air our own heads here. Benjamin Benjamin has a pretty good question here from Queensland, and probably ignorant. Um, well, you're a Queenslander, so probably. Uh, what is the average travel time? <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> Only joking. What is the average travel time for the majority of fans to get to either ground? For us going to Suncorp, the Queensland government provides free transport as an incentive. Uh, we get free transport to. Um, the major stadiums with our ticket or the major games, like home, when they play at Homebush and that sort of thing. But no, we're going to pay for our own transport. For, for those who aren't from Sydney, I guess the best way to describe it, I guess if Sydney is a rectangle, imagine a rectangle that's sitting horizontal. Campbelltown Stadium is in the bottom left of that rectangle and Leichhardt, is basically in the middle of the rectangle towards the right of it. And then you've got highways running, uh, three highways parallel across that rectangle, if that makes sense. So Campbelltown is basically all... Most of Sydney can follow those three highways out to Campbelltown, if that makes sense. The only issue is it costs you about $40 in tolls. So Campbelltown is actually pretty easy to get to. It's a nice, easy drive. For pretty much all of Sydney, but it's just it's a long distance and a lot amount, a lot of tolls. Uh, Leichhardt, on the other hand, it's closer in. Um, as someone said in the comments, there's more people that live close to Leichhardt, but the traffic's a nightmare. Like getting to Leichhardt, it's on water, so there's only one. It's on uh, what's the river called? Canada Bay. Is it Canada Bay? Leichhardt? Parramatta River. Is it Parramatta? Yeah, Parramatta River. So basically. Like Leichhardt Oval is kind of shoved uh, on a river. Like it's it's pretty hard. So you got Victoria Road in in the west of Sydney is a nightmare. Like for for driving. So the traffic getting to Leichhardt is actually yeah, as Rob said, um, a bit of a nightmare. Does that answer your question? I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Well, Campbelltown is like there's it's literally right on a train station if you want to catch a train there. Uh, yeah, I meant to mention the train. Yeah, so train, our trains suck as well, though. I caught the train home um, 
So I go to uh, Lickham and I caught the train home one night after. Actually, I think I went to the club after a Saturday night game at Campbelltown. I think I left the club at like 10 and I didn't get home till 1 o'clock in the morning in Homebush. By the time I had to change trains um, because trains don't run as much at night, you have to change. Where is it? I had to basically change three times and then walk from Lincoln to, to Homebush. Like it's it's not good, but for some people it is. The, the station is right next to the ground. So if you can figure out the um, the scheduling, the the train is pretty easy for a lot of parts of Sydney. For whatever reason, Homebush um, wasn't for me that night. But uh, yeah, hopefully that, hope that answers anyone that... Um, yeah, not from Sydney. Uh, righto, I'll move along a slide. I'm trying to keep up with all the comments, guys, um, but keep them coming. Righto, our opponent. So as you mentioned this earlier, can you you can see the screen there. Is there anything... Um, I'm obviously not going to rattle off every single number because um, that will bore the shit out of people, but is there any any of those numbers shock you so a lot of people say that we play a lot of out of towners at Campbelltown. does that look about right to you oh we lost him yeah that, I, oh, was, I was still muted i was adjusting i was adjusting my um my headset so i muted we're in, myself while we're I in great that. form tonight <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so nothing about that shocks me in particular uh Campbelltown especially um, but yeah, I'm not surprised to see the number of Broncos, Titans, um, three each and four against the Warriors there. Uh, they love giving us the Cowboys at Leichhardt, which is surprising seeing as that draws um, pretty decent crowds most of the time. But then again, we, we do get a lot of that at either 7.55 on a um, Friday or the four o'clock Sunday game, which are I'd have to say probably two of the biggest draw card time slots for Leichhardt. But yeah, when you compare, for example, Broncos three at Campbelltown to one at Leichhardt, um, it's not really a surprise that yeah, a lot of the a lot of the teams we play at Campbelltown aren't the Sydney teams. If you look at um I'm just gonna quickly add up all those numbers for the Sydney teams at Campbelltown. You've got two, five uh, six, seven, eight. I, I should have done that. 11. 11 Sydney-based opponents at Campbelltown, and none of those are the Rabbits. So that kind of... Yeah, I feel like that's kind of indicative because we, other than, say, the Eels um, and the Dogs who we play, who we've and the Rabbits who we've predominantly played at the at the biggest stadiums like the, the Combanks or the ANZs, yeah, we, we don't get a lot of those big or good rivalries out of Campbelltown, but we do seem to get more of them at Leichhardt. Rob, you're on the mobile, but can can you see those numbers at all? Can you make I can them out? See, I can see the numbers. I can't really make out the teams, to be honest, Josh, but there are yeah, a couple, I've done of good, little... couple of really good comments there as well about, you know, if we stay in the inner city, you know, we're not going to oh. last a decade. And, and then there was another comment there about, you know, Campbelltown not being our natural home. It was Lidcombe in terms of West Magpies. Well, if you want to go before that, 
it's it's Pratt and Park Asheville. So like where where does it stop? And it was it was, it was Arana Park, and it was you know we, we, I don't know, man. I, I just think t- having having so many home grounds over the years is is what's contributed to all this mess. And and luckily the club recognises now that we've got to you know consolidate in hopefully both these places, Campbelltown and Leichhardt. And it's just about getting the the break up right. And to that was to go on with Michelle's comment there too this is nothing to do with the magpies this is nothing to do with being a win for balmain or west this is about the Campbelltown area being a booming part of sydney and it's unclaimed at the moment it should be ours and we should be claiming it so um yeah don't think of this as we're embracing the magpies or balmain this is about i mean um with all respect to all the older fans like in 20 years time like a lot of you, a lot of Balmain and West fans won't be around anymore. Like it just, my, I'll be the dinosaur by then saying, oh, I remember Paul Sirenan when he retired in 1998. Like it's, it's, we're, we're moving on to the future. It's West Tigers and it's the area we're going to, got to adopt. So it's nothing to do with the Magpies at all. We're West Tigers. This, this argument should have nothing to do um, and it has nothing to do. With um, the previous clubs. Uh, right. So, what else have I got? Uh, anything else, boys? I'll promote that in a second. Anything else um, in terms of suburban grounds that uh, that I've missed? Not, not that I can think of, mate. Uh, yeah, looking at the comments, they're all. Um, Man, they're long comments tonight. People are very passionate about this. And at the at, uh, oh no, we've got a porn bot. Uh, Hang on. Let, let me let me get rid of it. Get out of here. Pretty oh, much the what? only thing that we haven't really discussed tonight is the thing that we've discussed um pre on other occasions is what we think the ratio should be. But yeah, I think we've gone through that yeah a few times. So I think yeah. that, that pretty much has everything else covered. See, the thing that will happen too, guys, is if somehow we do get government funding to, say, redevelop Campbelltown, guess where all our games are going to be for a season or two? They're all going to be a Leichhardt. So, like, you know, it's, it's just all going to balance out in the end. And and mm. then, you know, we can then we can kind of, you know, get most of the games there and have a few token games at Leichhardt. It's, I, I don't know, I, I just I just think we, you know, we, we go on about it too much. It's just, it's just about the growth here. It's got nothing to do with which ground you prefer, which ground anything we've just got to suck it up and go to the area that's going to give us a better chance of success in the future and that's where all the kids are coming from we've had a lot of stars come from that area and there's going to be more stars coming from that area than there are in a little victoria road belt in a city belt it's just, it's just as simple as that guys um the one thing i i i asked it in the discord um yesterday i think it was or whatever, whatever day the news broke about the the stand at Leichhardt collapsing. Do you think that's going to, yeah. Do you think that's going to cause the club to hit the metaphorical panic button and say, Oh, maybe we do need to extend our deal with um, ANZ or Combank or whoever for another two, two, three years or so. Do you think that's a, an issue we could be facing with the, with the suburban grounds, the way they are currently, or do we hope Mm. that personally, I don't think so. No, I don't think yeah. so. That's only a very small section of the ground, basically behind the 
northern end goalposts. I, I think that's a pretty easy fix, or it could be roped off or whatever the case may be. I don't think, you know, you, you can't see that happening too often. So thank God no one was hurt, really. But, yeah, well, you know, seriously hurt, I should say. So I'm, I'm actually watching that footage. It's just incredible that no one died over it. Like, a, that really mm. was terrible to watch. Yeah. Um, Rachel on Facebook said, apparently they've re- reconfigured general general admission for Leichhardt and Campbelltown. Could that reduce crowds? I did hear this today. Um, uh, someone did say that general... So general admission normally at Campbelltown on the big grandstand, usually uh, it's only reserved seating the first... The middle, sorry, the middle three sections middle three or four sections are reserved and then the outer sides are general mission. And I always, um, yeah, before I had a premium membership, would sit general mission uh, in those sections. Apparently, the West Tigers, um, firstly, advertised on their membership for the grounds for general general mission, had the map stating this. And then on the weekend, apparently they had security guards across all the seating. So basically a general mission could only sit on the grass at either end. They had to go behind the goalpost. Did you guys hear this? I'm not aware of that, no. Yeah. No, I'm not aware of that And I mean, if you look on the TV, it's not like they were sold out. out. Like it's very weird that they would have done that, especially if it it was a sellout, you can kind of... Um. Yeah, maybe expect that, but it was only less than ten thousand people there, and they still like the amount of security they were at the higher for each section when they normally they normally rope it off. They put um like police tape uh between the sections, but apparently they pushed every general mission person behind the goalposts. So, um, pretty pretty disgusting, especially for members who, like I said, they, at the start of the year, bought their membership thinking that they could sit there and they normally did sit there. So um, I know Courtney was saying it today, that he, her and Lockie normally sit uh, on those seats, but were yeah, pushed, had to move to behind the goalpost. Uh, Dom asked about the new Allianz Stadium. So we obviously played their boys just uh, nine ten. 11 12 from memory yeah it was our good years that we um played at the old sfs what are your thoughts on that uh, As, but, you, but, oh, yeah, Rob, you yeah you go no, no, you go you go no i was i was gonna i was gonna yeah you go you go uh no, i'm just gonna say mate i i just it's got to be Campbelltown or leichardt i just this whole thing bores me shitless. Like, it's just, not, we shouldn't be going to Parramatta, Allianz, SCG, prostituting our home games. We've got to start making our home our home, not not a house, our home. And just going to another stadium just takes all that away. It just doesn't do anything for us. We've got to make it uncomfortable for teams coming to our stadiums. And it's got to be a hostile crowd that, you know, is seeking a win. And you just can't, like Lee said on his pod the other week, we had nine home grounds in, in one year, not not too long ago, three or four years ago. It's, it's just rubbish. So I we, we can't be selling out for the dollar guys. We've just got to have a home ground and, or two yeah. and stick to them. That's it. And the um, the club, the club's promised to, the, to do that. So we've been told 
that yeah, I don't think I think the big stadiums um yeah, are going to be done with. But um I mean, I'm excited to go there. I'm keen to um to see what it's like, but yeah, I don't I don't want to play home games there. It's I mean, man, an excuse for people to not go to a game, to have to drive into the city. God, I hope they fix the parking. It is the worst um to park. The light rail is good. Uh, I've used the light rail to go to Ramwick Racecourse. That's really good now, going from Central Station. So that's pretty easy. But in terms of driving, it um, you literally would take if you weren't near the gates of the car park, it'd take an hour to get out. It was ridiculous parking on the um, the cricket oval. And also, uh, who, who wants ten thousand people in a forty thousand seat stadium? Yeah, it just it just becomes empty again. These suburban grounds. Are actually good for the TV ratings. When you get a, yeah. a sort of pretty packed crowd like Manly and Para last Friday yeah. night, or Cronulla as well. Yeah, Cronulla as well. Mm. Like even though they get bugger all crowds, you can hear the crowds. It, yeah. it actually makes it exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I I think. So... Sorry, yeah, Josh, you finish. I was just going to say I like we're going to we're, we're saying moving forward, but these the suburban grounds like it just makes the football. The bit of nostalgia and the the tribalism, like it just feels better. Even going to an away game at someone else's suburban ground, it feels better than like than going to a big stadium. Like you said, Rob, ten thousand and eighty thousand stadium. Like it, you'd rather um, go to a small, drive to Cronulla, drive to maybe not Manly, but drive to. Um, Cogra. I mean, Cogra is a little bit of a cricket field, a bit hard to see, but Wollongong is a great place to watch footy. I love going to watch footy at Wollongong. Um, yeah, I, I love the suburban grounds. Uh, sorry, Az. Um, So I I wasn't, I didn't think about it before, but I've, it's occurred to me now. Uh, you guys know me as the numbers guy. I'm a lot more numerically inclined. Yep. So I've just gone and pulled up the crowd figures for three games. Um, I'm using Leichhardt as an example because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think ever since the lockdowns ended after COVID, uh, hill capacities have been reduced. And I wonder if that's a contributing factor as well to the declining... Mm. Um, What's scaring people rad- away? Or are you saying... No, not necessarily scaring people away, but I think like reduced capacity because of the... Because of the the lesser crowds, I haven't heard of them shutting the gates. Yeah. I haven't heard Leichhardt had having shut gates for a while. Um. So I was look. So the three games I was looking at was the 2016 and 2019 final round games where we were fighting for our season. I'm pretty yeah, sure they told no. us we sold out for those. Yeah. We had just over 18,000 for the Raiders one. Yep, and we had nineteen and a half thousand for the Sharks one um, in twenty nineteen, and then I, and then I um, went to pull up the Cowboys game from last year. I think it was because I'm pretty sure they told us um, that we sold out for that one, and that crowd, if it wants to load again for me, um, was only nine and a half thousand. Yeah, maybe that's because I think I think last year they might have still had some pretty drastic 
um yeah i think there was it was 75 it was 75 percent or 50 percent or something yeah yeah you're right they yeah Yeah, i think yeah it's still a bit low though yeah yeah that was the uh, tommy round yeah that was the tommy one the the cow the cows there yeah well the first okay well i think we've hit the uh nail on the head whether we've solved the argument um Maybe not, but uh, I mean, we we had the our minds kind of made up um, coming into it, but just yeah, kind of wanted to hit the nail on the head of the arguments for both sides. Uh, in that, speaking of um, big stadiums, so I promoted this on Thursday for those who weren't listening on Thursday. Uh, some of you might not know that, as well as host of this show, I'm also a fitness trainer and I run outdoor fitness sessions and I thought I'd start up something called Tiger Fit once the uh, West Tigers season finishes up. So on podcast nights, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, this podcast will run right up to the grand final. Um, but yeah, all through summer, um, as yeah, or spring and summer, I thought I could run some fitness sessions for Tigers fans. But if you want to bring along um, yeah, your partner or um, fans of other teams, if you have to, but it's it's all about just gathering and um, with other people with a similar interest. Yeah, if you want to improve your health, your fitness, and that sort of thing, um, and talk footy at the same time. So, as I said on Thursday, I'm going to try and convince Roberto to uh, come to a couple of sessions and. Uh, I'll, I'll ease him into it. I won't make him do too many burpees and that sort of thing. But it's it's nothing too uh, too intense. Not there to train people to become uh, yeah elite athletes. It's a bit of fitness in the park with mates and talk a bit of footy at the same time. So if you some it's something you would be keen on. Um, yeah, at Sydney Olympic Park. Uh, shoot us an email podcast at westlife.com or shoot us a DM. Uh, on any of our socials, and I'll send you more info about it. I might have to come up one week too, then. During yeah, the come, oh yeah, it's uh, only around the corner from your dad's dad's place, as so yeah, come uh, bring the uh, the training shorts and the joggers, and uh, come lift some weights in the park. Okay, there was a rugby league game on Sunday, uh, an hour and eight into the show, and we're finally talking about it. Um, righto. Uh, the backs, firstly, uh, uh, I'll go through go through the stats later. So, Jock Madden was leading runs, which I found this surprising. He had 21. Leading meters, 158 for Dane. Line breaks, literally just the one, and that was for Kepa. Uh, line break assist, that's just the one for Jock. Try assist, one each for uh, Adam and Jock touches. Jock touched it the most, 63. Uh, kicking, Adam had the most kicks with 13 and 320 metres. Most tackles in the backs was Adam with 24. Uh, missed tackles, five each for Jock and Kepper. And uh, errors, Naden, who, uh, yeah, forgot where the sideline was and how to hold a football. Uh, had a couple, and then Kenny Mamalo. So our two wingers, uh, two errors each. Um, Rob, what backs stood out for you 
in this game, either good or bad? Uh, the only back that stood out for me on a positive side was Dane Laurie. I thought his form continued and uh, he's probably the best player on our team, definitely. Uh, look, the other guys, you know, they, they just had some poor moments. I, I really don't want to pick on anyone, but, yeah, just to stick with the positives, Dane, Dane Laurie, you know, obviously he made that great tackle on Tex Hoy in the second half that probably would have had him scoring his second try. Uh, a little bit of confusion on one of the bombs late in the game when it really was Toa's ball to catch, but Toa decided to shield the ball and they let the ball bounce and somehow we got out of that with a goal line dropout. But yeah, I just thought in general, his effort was there. He tried really hard, um, caught every bomb on the full, except the one that I mentioned and yeah, made, made some great tackles. I, I thought he was a standout back by far. Um, as any, any other glimmer of hope in the back line, from this game? I was just chuckling as well at Carla's comment saying, can we not? But anyway. <laughs> um, you referring to, what's she referring to? The exercise? Prob- prob- can we not talk probably, about the game? I mean, yeah, probably oh, not talking about the game. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> can we just skip it? Um, uh, good, good night, everybody. No. Um, I think it, um, missed tackles aside, I think Kepa Oa had one of his better games for the club since um, coming back from that injury this year. He had some positive touches, but yeah, the missed tackles um, weren't great and you need your centres to to be better defensively than that. I think there was an article that someone posted in the Discord, someone saying that the Tigers had found a centre in Kepa Oa. And I don't know if that, that article mentioned the whole missed tackles part, but mm. yeah, I... It was one of his better games, but the the missed tackles um, mm. definitely hold him back there. Yeah, it was just, a great I try. Just, he did some good yeah. things in the sack, guys. But mm. Dane Laurie, you know, he made Dane Laurie look like a Queenslander again. Dane Laurie, uh, Dane Laurie, Dane Gagai, Dane Gagai had <laughs> over two hundred meters. Dane Gagai was untouchable. Yeah, like, I, I know Kapoa beat him for for his try, like he got around him and, and scored. But you know, he defensively he's still not there. And as you said, four missed tackles. Yeah, he did a lot of good things. Okay, there, there's some positive signs there, but it, it wasn't all great, guys. They're really, they're really. I could literally count on one hand how many good players we had, hmm. and some some of the, the bad players weren't through lack of effort, but the majority of them they they played like scrubbers. They were absolute shit ordinary, and, and you wouldn't get seven or eight of those blokes in first grade next year with our club. They won't be in the team. Uh, I think um, Jock really missed having the ball playing lock in. Um, Hastings, I'd say he was probably the player who um, was most disadvantaged by Jacko not being there. Mm. Um, it, but it was very, very, very clear that we missed him a, a shitload. Yeah, the, the a lot of people coming out saying pr- being pro Luke, Luke Brooks enjoyed this game. It's so annoying this whole argument. Like when Luke Brooks plays shit, we blame him and p- people want Jock, and then uh, Jock doesn't play well and everyone says, well, see, Luke Brooks isn't that bad. Like, Rob, he he didn't have a great game, but are people being a bit harsh on Jock in this one? If you're judging him on yesterday's game, they're not being harsh. He had a poor game. Let's just call it what it is. But if I go back to his, you know, two previous games where he started, he was in a winning team against Canterbury and he was a winning team against Brisbane. Um, Did... Hastings' impact on Jock, you know, Hastings not being there impact on Josh on Jock definitely, but 
Hastings not being there impacted on the whole team. The fact that we mm. didn't have a ball-playing lock from the start of the game, it hurt Adam Dwayhe as well. It hurt our attacking structure. We played a Knights team that I, I stand corrected, but I think they completed 25 out of 38 sets. They were shit ordinary in terms mm. of their ball control. They played well when they held onto the ball, but they gave us so many opportunities and we were doing nothing with the ball. Um, eventually, is it Free Ben or Free Barn? I don't know how you pronounce his name. He yeah. he started trying to play that ball playing role. Look, he he tried hard. Like he had a lot of runs. I think he had twenty runs, one hundred and fifty nine meters, fifty uh, odd of those post contact. But I, I, you know, for me, we I know we're trying to get rid of him, but we bought Tyrone Peachy as a ball playing lock. We lost Jackson Hastings as a ball playing lock. We should have played Tyrone Peachy as a ball playing lock and. Oh, look, I know he, you know he's not everyone's favourite player, and he's gone to the Sinbin a couple of times for us this year, and he, you know, might be a little bit lazy, but he's got more talent in his, in his little finger than half those players in our team, and he even produced a mad offload in the right centre position on the previous tackle to Kapoa's try that had Newcastle's defence scattered, and I think that's why we had that space back on the left after he popped that ball. So for me, I would have played Peachy as a ball playing lock. I don't know if they're going to start with Tom this week or not, but. They should have started him if they were going to play him as a ball player because our attack just had absolutely zero. I don't know what we freaking trained during the week. And the, even our rotation was terrible. It just, it, it, there's just so many things I could pick apart with this thing. And it, it started with the selection table, guys. The, the, the team that we selected was totally wrong. And we'll get more into the – I'll get into more of it when you go on to the forwards. But yep. the, the, the bench rotation was ridiculous. Austin Diaz didn't even get a run, for fuck's sake. Like, if you don't think he can contribute to the team, don't pick him in the fucking team. Like, it's just really frustrating as a supporter. You drive out to Campbelltown and, and you watch – you know, at one of our best forwards for the last three weeks has been Fanua Pohl. He got 25 minutes at the start of the game and 13 minutes or something like that at the back end of the game. Like – Whoever was doing the rotations should be 100 miles from that club. They should not be within cooey of that club. We, we lost it on, on the coaching side, on the selection side. We had no intensity. It was, it was one of the poorest performances I've ever seen. And, how, and you know, how we ended up getting within four points is a miracle in itself, or it probably just shows how shit Newcastle are. Mm. Yeah, that last the sequence before, I think we had 20, 20 tackles in a row or something before halftime on the line. Like, it's just insane. It was headless like, stuff, mate. It, it yeah. was just like, here's a ball, try something. Try this, try that. I mean, even Dane yeah. Laurie put a grubber kick that got, you know, blocked by someone's foot. Like, he, Dane Laurie never puts a grubber kick in. Like, there was no organisation. We, 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 we lack composure. Jackson Hastings definitely gives you that composure. Um, and he takes a bit of time off the halves, which I said last week, you know, last Thursday night might you know be an issue but i know ne- you know if we'd have just had 80 minutes of enthusiasm we would have won that game as shit mm. as we were if we just had 80 minutes of ripping in and tearing like we'd done for the previous month even as bad as we were we would have won that game but there was just the the lack of effort in the first half was just disgraceful it really was right our forward stat leaders so uh free barn as you mentioned rob he had the most runs he had 20 runs uh, in I think he played fifty six minutes or something. So, um, he definitely tried his guts out on debut. I I thought he played pretty well. Um, or, or tried hard. 
at the very least. Um, most metres, though, was Joff, 164. Post-contact, Kelma was 75. No try assists. Uh, line breaks, just the one for Kelma. Tackle breaks, four for Kelma. Uh, play the ball speed, Jimmy Tarmel, 2.35. That guy just never seems to be put on his back. He's just always getting tackled on his feet. Um, offloads, four each for Joff and Kelma. Um, tackles, I've got four there for Joff. I think that's obviously a typo. I think he had 44. Not four. Um, and missed tackles for the Joff. So you're able to look up that for me as how many tackles Joff had. I'm pretty sure it was 44. Obviously, more uh, than four. Yep. I've got the stats page open now. Joff made tackles. tackles. Where's tackles on the list? While, while you're looking that up, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Rob go. Um, he's, let us know his thoughts on the forwards. Uh, look, there, there weren't many good forwards. I mean, obviously, you mentioned Tom, 20 runs, 159 metres, tried his ass off, no doubt about that. You know, a couple of a couple of plays that, you know, late in the game, he, he put a pass at Peachy's feet, which he probably should have offloaded straight away instead of trying to run with it for a little bit. And he obviously did a, a dummy half run with about 10 seconds left, which didn't help our cause. Uh, but he tried hard. But for me, um, our standout forward, believe it or not, came from the bench, um, I thought Zane was incredible. I, I, I know he only had 124 metres, but he played with the purpose and the passion that I expected that whole team to play with. And, uh, you know, if he'd have been on there for 80 minutes, he would have been my man of the match. I, I thought mm. he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, I thought Kelmer was very damaging. And, you know, he, he ultimately could have, um, you know, given the you know a try assist for the winning try if um, maybe Kapara had, darted back to the left instead of back to the right with with a few seconds left. So I thought Kelma was really good. Joffa was good. Joffa had big meters yeah. from I think he had 164 or thereabouts. So Yeah, it's on the yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, look it's it's look there were there were some good performance. Like Joffa always tries. I'm not like when I'm bagging the team, I'm just I just want to say it in general because you don't want to single out players too much because, you know, some guys had poor games, like we said, Jock, you know, I don't think Adam had his best game, but that's not for lack of trying. It's just, mm. you know, the, my, my, you know, tiny criticism with Adam, and and I, it's hard for Adam. I think Adam sees himself as a strike player, but there are a couple of times when we were in the red zone in the second half, Adam was kind of parked on the right, wanting someone to get that ball to him, where I think he needed to just be in control and demanding the ball. Like there was actually one set of six he never touched the ball at all, and that's not Adam like. So I think that's where we missed a ball playing lock you know, a la Jackson or, or Tyrone or something like that. So, yeah, definitely hurt us a bit. But, look, the forwards, you know, we, we tried in the second half, but it just it was just a rubbish game, guys. It was an absolute rubbish game. Agreeing with Rachel's comment here, Joffa was the only one uh, she noticed talking out there, leads by example, every week. Definitely noticed on the TV every time. There was a couple of tackles. He'd knock the ball free and he'd, sc- like, scream and, f- like, flex, try and pump the team up. He was definitely trying to lead the team, get something out of the guys. But um, He definitely got us a lot of forward momentum in the second half. Yeah. I, felt, I felt in the first half, Newcastle's line speed was super quick. Yeah. Uh, they, weren't, they, they weren't doing anything illegal, but we were just too telegraphed with our hit-ups. 
like it was literally one off the ruck hit ups and they had three guys ganging in on us like sometimes you know like I, i'd like new brown to just take a bit of heat off the forwards like he was not running at all from dummy half or even engaging the markers or or the forwards like i think new brown doesn't like to run in general play very much so that when he's near the try line he he goes for the hero <laughs> play for the try he needs to do more running during the game just to take a bit of bit of pressure off our forwards because a lot of those one-off rucks were just hospital passes you know it was, it was pretty poor like i wasn't happy with new brown's game like he ran he literally ran once from dummy half not near the try line that i noticed every other time he just stood there like you or me could have done and just shuttled the ball and and i don't think that's good enough for a first grade you know like their their uh hooker braley destroyed us you know and and he did he did bugger all in terms of dummy half play so he really got outpointed there question from phil on youtube rob uh is sheen's having any input on team selection or is it all down to kamali what are your thoughts oh uh, look i man I, I can't say something that i don't know like i'm only speculating but if you go back say to the penrith game i thought we swapped mamalo and toa from the left side of our attack to the right side just to nullify Penrith's left edge that day because they had Kikau, uh, they had Targo, and they had May. So I thought that was going to be just a one-off week that we swapped sides. But to keep them there on the right side now, it, it's all looking like a Sheensy shuffle. You know, the, they, they've both gone from the left to the right. Uh, Naden's gone from his debut game at left centre to right centre to left wing. Um, you know, AJ Kapoa has gone from bench to wing to centre. Uh, Adam's gone from bench to centre to 5'8". Pole went from bench to prop to lock. Like, you know, it's just got Sheensy shuffle written all over it. And, you know, I'm not a fan of it. And uh, mm. honestly, I, like, the, the thing with Sheens, everyone loves Tim Sheens. I know he's a nice guy and all that. And the, But the bloke can sell sand to the Arabs. Like, every time he talks, <laughs> every time he, he talks, he's believable. But, you know, people forget why he got sacked 10 years ago. And I don't want to go through that shit next year and the year after and ha having a player on the bench that doesn't get game time. That that reeks of Sheens 10 years ago when we had Mitch Brown and uh, Joel Reddy and Tom Humble and Daniel Fitzhenry and all these freaking backs sitting on the bench getting minutes from the 77th minute till the 80th minute. Or, you know, he, it's just it just reeks of Sheens. And, and, and I, I just think he should be taking over the team because Kamali's not going to be there next year. Ben Gardner's not going to be there next year. Uh, Kalis isn't going to be there next year. So if he's going to be the coach, just get in there and be the coach. What 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 are you so busy on the weekend that you can't get your fingers in on it now? I, I just think it's a poor it's a poor cop out, and he's just like letting these other blokes take the heat for a shitty season, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Yet he's pulling the strings, I believe, in who the team is that we're picking every week. But how he doesn't pick Peachy as a ball playing lot to replace Jackson replace Jackson Hastings is just ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, just before we get to the three, two, one, totally forgot we haven't talked about the uh, the Papali thing. So I'm just going to play. I ripped the uh, uh, that wasn't a very good segue. Kind of ripped the bandaid off a bit there. But um, just before just before that, Josh, uh, yep. you were correct. Uh, Joffa was 44 tackles. 44. Yeah, uh, I didn't yep. think it. Uh, so this is what uh, Channel Nine had with Papa Lee here tonight. Despite putting pen to paper on a three-year deal. Obviously, people ask me about it, just even on the street or family and friends are hitting me up, but 
uh, that's kind of for my manager to look after and even if I don't stay here or I do go next year, I want to make sure that this, this year has no regrets. The barnstorming lock has revealed the moment that made him rethink the move. I think it was the, the coaching uh, the coaching axing that went on and when I went, went and did sign it was, it was talking to Madge and uh, he was an awesome coach. I kind of uh, rattled the cage a bit and I guess you had to have those conversations and I guess that was a, a massive factor for me. Pabali'i says he'll make a final decision on whether he'll honour his contract and join the Tigers once this season is over. I reckon somewhere in the off-season because that does distract me at the moment because we have a massive opportunity and um, I don't want to left any stone unturned uh, this year and look back at it and be like, oh, I shouldn't have let that stuff get in the way. He's focused. So Isaiah Pabali, he... Um, yeah, saying he's going to source it in the off season, mate. You've signed a contract, like, and the fact that he said, like, surprise that people are asking him in the street about it. I, I tweeted this out tonight. He could end all all those questions can go away. You just have to come out and say, I'm going to honour the contract. I'm worried about the eels right now. Like, just just put it to bed, and like, you signed a contract. Like, just honour it. Rob, if the NRL uh, allows him to backflip on this, like it's a massive precedent that they'll like they'll be showing. They shouldn't allow it. They shouldn't allow a player to sign a contract and then months later he hasn't got a clause in it to say he's, he's using. The, I think he's also using the Madge thing as a bit of an excuse too. What are your thoughts? Personally, I don't think he's using the Madge thing as an excuse. I think he's got cold feet seeing the shit show that went on around that match time, around the fact that we got rid of Madge, that we were had our egg, all our eggs in Seraldo, that we couldn't get Seraldo. He's starting to get second thoughts about what what the freak club am I coming to, number one. Number two, uh, I know you said on the chat you feel like he's still coming. As you said, he could just say, I'm going to the Tigers next year, but I just want to focus on Parra this year, and I don't want anything to get in the way of that. That would have been fine. For, for him to say he doesn't want to talk about it now, means, in my opinion, he's going to back out of it and he wants to back out of it. Because if he said now, I want to stay with Para, okay, then that whole noise about him not coming to the Tigers next year and breaking a contract potentially will disturb Parramatta's run to the finals and all the talk and he'll be getting asked a question every week, why aren't you going to honour honor your contract, etc., etc. So I read it to be that he wants to back out of it. I don't think the NRL let you back out of a contract, Josh. I think our club or all clubs just happen to let you out. Like, we let Madison off his contract. We let mm. whoever off their contract. So it's it's up to the, the club to, to stand firm on it. You know, history shows our club won't stand firm on it. So, you know, I, I don't want to hear the club saying, well, if he doesn't want to come here, we don't want him. The guys in the top three back rowers in the comp, he would be an absolutely massive asset to the club. Uh, the only way I can see the NRL getting out of this is they say to the clubs, like the Tigers... You know what you're paying him, say six fifty a year or whatever it is for three years. We'll give you six hundred and fifty dispensation on your cap to use elsewhere. You can play him in reserve grade or sit him out for the year. That way we don't get penalised because if he doesn't want to play for us, suddenly we've got six hundred and fifty thousand dollars more that we can spend on someone else. So yeah. we've got to get some sort of advantage if people want to. I think that's the best way the NRL can stop players you know doing these sort of moves but i'm not confident that he's coming one bit josh 
Like that, that really just just reconfirmed to me that he's not coming. And and, and from what Benji said the other week in his interview uh, with Jake Duke on Fox Sports, he didn't make me too confident that he was going to come either. So let's just see what the club does about this. But he has got a written contract, and he, and he needs to be playing at the West Tigers next year, and he needs to be convinced that you know we're on the up and up, and you know we've got Appy Corusau coming as well, who will make a difference to our pack. It's hmm. it'd just be a huge, it'd just be another. Another stabbing to the heart, you know, <laughs> the multiple stabbings we've had this year, mate. And we just I don't, I don't think you can't afford to lose a player of his caliber, mate. He's just got he's just got to be our club next year. I, I don't just... think I don't think our club I don't think our management uh, will let it happen. I, I actually have faith that they they were they will go hard at this. He signed a contract. I think once he gets here, he he'll be fine. I think like the fact that. Para have all of a sudden made room to sign him, um, and he can get get his money, his pay rise, and stay where he's comfortable. That's obviously why he wants wants the backflip. Um, but you signed a contract. The Tigers offered you um, your uh, what do you call it security, like, and you you chose it. Like you got to. You made the bed. You got to lay in it. It'll be an absolute joke if um, that they let it happen. But uh, well, we've seen as... it happen before, mate. We've seen it happen before. So who's to say it won't happen again? We talk Who... a really good game, Josh. But when it comes to like getting things done and sticking to our guns, we we don't do it. I'm sorry to say it. And whether the club likes to hear that or not, it's just a fact. You know, just the same as these two competition points. We're going to take legal action, rah, 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 all this sort of shit. As soon as the NRL came out, we're not pursuing legal action. Now, whether that's right or wrong, it's, it's not the point. You know, we, we just talk a big game and, and you know, we, we don't end up following it up. Um, I mean, I talking about Jared just said if they do, he'll be playing the second row. I was chatting a bit for, with uh, Sean Bloor. I asked him if he was any chance of returning this year. And his response to me was, no, I'm just training hard to try and earn that second row spot alongside Papa next year. So um, I don't know if Sean is any of it. Um, in the, but the fact that he said that, I mean, it sounds like the players are pretty, uh, yeah, pretty satisfied that he's coming. So what, what do you make of, make of this whole ordeal as? Yeah, I, I'm really worried. I only just recently caught up on this before um, we went live tonight. But I I really hope he comes. But like like you said, Josh, I think if he does come, once he gets here, he won't have as much of a problem because he's going to be here. Um, he's going to be under Benj. He's going to be under Robbie. Both of them will n- not necessarily know what they're going to be doing. Um, but both of them are going to give it a real solid crack. And I think... Mm that's what we could ask for, especially in their first year of um, this apprenticeship for Benji. But I think he's going to have a lot to do with the player, not necessarily player welfare side of things, but um, keeping, keeping the players on side, keeping them on track, keeping the, the atmosphere and the vibe. um, If you want to put it that way going. So if, if he does come once he gets here, I don't think there will be a problem. I just, I hope he comes, but yeah, I he. It's very clear that he definitely wants to stay at Parramatta. Um, they've built something there, 
uh, to the point where they can make it to the second week of finals regularly, but no further. <laughs> um, maybe if he comes to us in a couple of years' time, he'll make it past the semifinals. Um, <laughs> one can only hope, anyway. If he comes next year, I think we can make the finals. I, I th- with I th- him and Appy, th- absolutely. I think with yeah. him and Appy, we can make the finals next year. I think, I think I've said it previously. I don't think twelve out of twenty-four or whatever the new draw is going to be. Um, I don't think twelve wins. Yeah, so I I think twelve wins should be um, expected next year. With the amount of money, the right moves are going to be made, but with Appy and Papa coming, um. I, I I expect top eight next year. Call me crazy, but I do. Um, it's, been right a, it's been a little bit more lost um, in all of this um, ice mess, but I I do want to say that it, it is really good to hear from Appy that he will be honouring his contract and that mm. he is excited to come to the Tigers. Um, that is and he plays for the that, Premiers. Yeah, exactly. That's, mm. that's something that I hope a lot of Tigers fans will get behind because it seems like he wants to bring that, that Panthers mentality um, to the club, and I think the club will benefit from that. So, yeah, I'm, I am very much looking forward to having Appy here next year. He should be really good for us. Mitch said on Facebook, thoughts on Brooks Frizzell p- potential swap. Um, is that a thing? It. Yeah, never heard that. Never heard that pop. Why would the Knights let Frizzell go? No idea. Yeah, I I can't see the Knights do it. Are they they'd dumb enough to do to. that? Yeah, they'd be they'd be utterly moronic to let him go. Yeah, I love love him though. Oh, he's a fantastic player. Um, a lot of people would... keep bandying about these um, potential swaps with Brooks. Yet Sheens and Benji and everyone keep saying Brooks is going to be our number seven next year. So I don't know mm. why these rumors keep popping up. And just yeah. Uh, my wife would be happy though. She it's one of her favorite players. Um. Okay, MG Pump Solutions uh, 3 two, one boys. Can you manage to find three players to give 3, 2, and 1? Let us know in the comments. Guys, I've, uh, I've sorted, I worked out on the, uh, the Google sheet how to sort the graph by uh, highest <laughs> to lowest today. So Jackson Hastings is on 47. Joff is on 45. Obviously, Hastings... Uh, won't get another point this season. So Joff, uh, I think, may sneak into the lead tonight. Ken on 38. Dane on 37. Uh, Brooksy on 22. He's obviously not going to move up anymore. So um, Luciano Leilua is in sixth place still. Uh, who wants to go first? Rob can go first this time. I've gone first the last few weeks. Uh where do I start? Um, three points to Austin Diaz. He never made a mistake all game. <laughs> he never caught a cold sitting on the bench for 80 minutes. No, I'm only joking. Um, three points to Dane Laurie. Uh, I thought he was the best player on the field. Uh, two points to Thomas McKayley. Uh, Thomas McKayley. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zane Musgrove. All the way from England. Zane Musgrove. How good am I going? Going like my club. Zane Musgrove. Sorry, I said that to someone yesterday, actually, believe it or not. Um, and one point, if I'm going to give someone a point this week, I know I know he might have missed a few tackles, but Kelma Tuolangi was just dynamic in attack. Um, he put a few good shots on people. 
Uh, you know, there's some honourable mentions there to the debutante Joffa, uh, but they're my three-two-one. So Dano for three, uh, Zane for two, and Kelmer for one. Is this our first points for Zane this year? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't got him on the on the list. I got to make a new name. Um, sorry, who was the one? Uh, one for Kelmer to Alungi. Kelmer. Uh, right, as. I'm I'm going to give my three to Dano as well. Uh, he was probably the yeah he was definitely best best on ground for us yesterday. Um, he tried hard in everything he did. Um, was there in attack, and yeah did the best he could in what was a pretty poor performance. I'm going to give my two to Joffa. Um, he's he's been leading from the front, leading by example ever since those comments he made after the Sharks game. Yeah, he missed a few tackles, but I think the rest of his game, uh, making meters, making the tackles that he did make, makes up for it a little bit. Um, and I'm going to give my one to uh, Tommy Freebarn. I think it was a very solid debut. I kind of wish, like Rob said before, I wish they started him because if they wanted to play a ball playing lock, he should have been playing from the get-go. Um, he he was committed to everything he did, and I think yeah, it was a pretty solid debut from him. And <laughs> in in a similar jokey way to Rob did, I'd I'd like to give an honorary one point to to um Diaz because yeah, he he never made a mistake. He yeah, hundred uh, percent completion rate. Uh, didn't make any no errors, no missed tackles. Um, yeah, we did we didn't even get a chance to see if he was up for the game. Uh, he he looked he looked like he was enjoying himself running around on the side of the field in front of me, uh, trying to keep warm. So that was his contribution for the night. <laughs> hey Josh, can I ask you a question before you do your points? Sure. You being, you being the journo amongst us, there was a six or seven bit, yeah. six six or seven minute interview with uh, Kamali and Tamo yesterday. Can mm. you tell me why not one journalist wouldn't ask about? How we used our bench rotations and why Diaz didn't get any minutes. Is that is that is that too obvious a question, or is that like have, have they just got mates in the media that don't want to ask the tough questions? Um, well, like it's it's a, it's a normal question. It's nothing to left field. It's nothing antagonistic. It's just what was the reason you had a man that wasn't on the field yesterday? Because well, I, I don't know why we named him. I, I, I want to be the seventeenth man next week. You know, if they're not going to play a player, give me the jersey. Let me sit on the bench. What's the difference? Look, firstly, as a journalist, you're taught to ask questions you know the answer of. Like, asking a question as a journalist is about swaying someone, saying something that you want them to say. Yeah. Uh, what you just asked then wouldn't write a headline. It's like it, what you just said is what I would call a nerd question, which is a question... This is why we need a media pass for next year, so we can ask the um, the nerdy, nitty gritty questions. But I, I don't. I, I, my explanation to that was would be like a technical question doesn't sell or get clicks. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna give him anything worth. Um, no, it could get clicks if he got using. upset with the question. I mean, it could potentially, but yeah. the point is, like, shouldn't a journalist ask questions that? The majority of people would want answered because I know there'd be a lot of fans thinking, "Why didn't he get a go?" 
what, yeah. what would you go? And, and why did Paul only get 38 minutes yesterday? He's, he's been one of our best forwards for the last few weeks. Yeah. Like, what's that about? Like, it's just a footy question. I don't think it's a nerdy question. It's just a common sense question. Yeah. I, I, a- say, I say nerdy as in, um, I'm, I'm only joking when I, I say it. When I say that nerdy, I mean like people actually care about it. These guys aren't there to write about the rugby league um, per se. They're there to get a headline and get more clicks than the guy next to them. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I I would say that they just they don't see. Yeah, as a journalist, you're trying to ask questions to get the answer that you want out of someone. That's kind of what you're taught. Uh, yeah. It's not just like ask. Oh, I wonder what he's thinking about this. Like it's not. It's it's yeah. It's about pushing the person to a narrative that you try and you got it in your head. So fair enough. Um, my three, two, one. I'm I'm going to go Joff three. Just, um, yeah, you guys almost convinced me to change my mind, but I'm, I don't know. I just liked the passion. I'm going from what I saw on, on the TV. I liked the passion from Joffa in a game where effort was very low. Um, I felt sorry for him in the fact that no one um, really seemed to be going with him to that intensity. Um, two... Dane, um, and a similar reason for my number one. I've gone free bun as uh, as had as well. He uh, yeah, he kept popping up everywhere. Like just tried his guts out. You, he wasn't anything um, special, but um, yeah, he did, he was just he just kept going and going. He was an energizer bunny. He just kept going and kept pushing, kept running. And yeah, show the will to win. Um, on debut, didn't look. Yeah, I mean he's twenty seven, but yeah, that's a cool story too. To um, yeah, he finally got it, gets his crack at first grade, and I thought he took it with both hands and had a real go. Like I'd, can you can you drop him for next week? Like I think you got to pick him again. It was weird listening to Kamali's interview. I could be wrong. I might be reading this way wrong. It sounded to me like, you know, Tom got his chance. He, he's gone okay. And at least he can say he's played first grade now. It was almost like he wasn't going to get another run, which was mm. like, like, look, personally, I, I don't think he's a regular first grader. But if you look at his numbers, like you said, 159 metres, I think over 50 of those were post-contact. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's he, but what I noticed were just the little things like his enthusiasm. I'm talking about when you know the Knights committed an error, he was you know tapping people on the back saying, Come on, boys, let's go. He was just you can see he's a real team guy and he really embraced the moment. I it just should have should have been a win for the team. That's that's yeah. the sad part. Um, but yeah, look, like I said, if everyone had his enthusiasm, I think we get over the line yesterday. The, the mm-hmm. one thing that disappointed me, I never thought. I was going to see such a, a lack of intensity in our in our game yesterday, and and that was there for at least sixty minutes. It was really poor to see. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, a game we definitely want to forget um, pretty quickly in this season. Yeah, I just hope it's not sign of things to come because without Jacko, is this the team we're going to get without Jacko um, going forward? Are they are they just not going to Lift? Are they thinking about, uh, yeah, holidaying in Bali, like now? Is that 
Well, I'd oh. say we've lost another one of our best, Josh. I'd say Kenny's out for the rest of the year. Ken Mamalo will be gone. Yeah, so that would make it. We'd almost have, what, 11, 12 guys out now. Uh, I don't know about how many that is exactly, including the yeah. loans and the people that have left yeah. probably. Yeah. Not much not much to choose from there. Or Hopefully, you know, Junior Tupu will get a start if he's gone. But yeah. who knows with the shuffle, mate, we could have new Brown on the wing this week. Righto, guys, uh, we'll be back on Thursday evening. Thanks to uh, the 60 or so legends that got into the comments, not including the uh, porn bot. I saw, it, I saw it, Carla. I got rid of it. Again, it uh, <laughs> popped up. YouTube really needs to sort that shit out. But, um, yeah, but uh, to the humans that were in the uh, in the chat tonight, thank you so much. And sticking with us for that lengthy... Uh, Discussion. I wouldn't call it a, de- a debate. A bit of a bit of a journalist head click clickbaity thing to call it a debate. I would more call it a discussion because we weren't really arguing um, a point. Um, yeah, but yeah, the uh, well now we've got the uh, sex bot jokes going in the comments as well. <laughs> I think that's time to uh, go to bed. It was a long one tonight. Thanks to everyone who's uh, listening. Both, um, yeah, live and uh, tomorrow when I get this up on the audio, as you can tell, uh, yeah, the COVID, COVID brain is starting to hit me pretty, pretty bad now. It's pretty good. The only thing about COVID is I can use it as an excuse. My voice sounds like shit. My brain's not working. I can just, uh, I can just blame it on uh, COVID nineteen in my system. So, boys, uh, have a great week. We'll catch up again on Thursday to preview. Here we got Sharkies next weekend. Sharkies next week, week yeah. yeah. So join us Thursday night as we uh, we preview that one. And you guys know how we end the episode. I won't cut you off this time. As I, I jumped the gun on Thursday. Right, boys, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. For listening to another episode of the West Life podcast. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues Club and as well as MG Pump Solutions. If you could please subscribe if you'd love to hear us again, we're going to have episodes every twice a week, every week this season, Mondays and Thursdays. So we're going to, as the season rolls in, uh, be sure to catch us every week. And if you can, give us a like on the socials, so at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, search for Westlife Podcast on Facebook. And if you'd like to take part in the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. It's just a couple of bucks a month to help grow the show. We'll see you again next time on the Westlife Podcast.